1992, Dr. Arlene Geronimus, at the time a researcher in the Department of Public Health and Policy Administration at the University in Michigan, coined the term weathering. At the time, Dr. Geronimus was studying trends in female women's fertility and she observed that African-American women do not have the same prime childbearing years as their white counterparts. Basically, the average white woman is considered to have more fertility, lowest risk of unhealthy pregnancy and neonatal mortality between the ages of 20 and early 30. So this means that black women are more likely to have a healthy pregnancy in their late teens rather than their mid-twenties. What Dr. Geronimus was advancing with this weathering theory was that this could be an explanation for these maternal and health, infant health disparities. And what she was saying was that the health of an African-American woman begin to deteriorate early adulthood as a physical consequence of the cumulative socio-economic disadvantage. Hello and welcome, welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. This podcast is for and about women of colour and our relationship with nature. Hosted by me, Cherie Mack. The Earth Sea Love Podcast is committed to exploring the experiences of women of colour with Mother Nature. We want to provide spaces where the hidden voices in the environmental and conservation conversations can explore their relationship with the natural world. Inspired by our time spent outdoors, we amplify the voices of women of colour, our stories our conversations, interviews, photography, writing and artwork. We'll be exploring our legacies, histories and memories which have had an influence and effect upon how we perceive ourselves within the natural world and within the environmental and climate justice movements. Welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. The Earth Sea Love Podcast has been made possible by the funding from National Lottery Heritage Fund. Thank you.
welcome back to the third and final episode in this mini series where we're exploring the new publication from Velda Thomas Blended. And this is Mammy part three and four. And at the beginning of this episode, I was sharing um, about the concept weathering. And it's that repeated exposure to socioeconomic adversity, political marginalization, racism, perpetual discrimination that is harming the health of black women in particular. Um, weathering. And it's something that I've I've been using for a number of years now to explain the stress that is upon a black woman's body for just being for just being in this world and trying to get through her day to day life um and it's not any theory here or hypothetical thing here this is reality discrimination racism marginalization can slowly chip away at our health causing us to, to die prematurely indeed black women experience higher rates of many preventable diseases and chronic health conditions like diabetes hypertension cardiovascular disease um, black women are four times more likely to experience pregnancy-related death than white women. Black women are three times more likely to have fibroids, display signs of preeclampsia. It's, it's this physical weathering, meaning our bodies, black women's bodies are aging faster than white women's bodies due to the exposure of chronics stress why am i talking about this because this is what's covered the black women's bodies are explored within these next two parts of the mammy sequence from velda thomas um and it's a case of looking in dl about what happens to a black woman's body but how she can heal can work through this trauma through becoming more earthbound having that connection with nature and as evidence has shown we can't um, rely upon the medical services, the health service, when we have, when it's been historically shown about medical experimentations upon our bodies, how our bodies have been objectified within the medical profession and society. And it's down to us, individuals, communities, groups, to heal ourselves. There's an acknowledgement of our ancestral wisdom and 
what's been passed on to us within that healing process. Um, there's also ritual, which is something that's been cropping up a lot for me recently, which we, we discuss in this episode. But um, yeah, it's been really good sitting down with Velda and picking, picking things apart and putting them back together within what she has written in this really beautiful book and um, I just hope that you've enjoyed these episodes it's a change for the Earth Sea Love podcast but it's I think it just all goes into the mix Um, so yeah here's the last section of this mini series and thanks for being here bye for now I can't really speak to to that. They would have to speak to the why of that for themselves, you know, mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. thought that was an interesting reflection because I I really do hope that what I write does stir emotions and hearts and does encourage people to um, explore and evolve and be different. I, I hope that that is, you know, the reason for writing. Yeah. Mammy, part three of four. The Mammy I want to favor growing in me is a wild card. Today, I rename her Elibet. She is primal in ways that are complex, practical, and earthbound, following instinctual somatic responses to key into intuition's messages. Unbothered, unapologetic and unpredictable, minding her drama-less business, original within old forms, seeking no one's approval. Elibet is the boss of her world. She's strong, deep, potent, too intense for some timid souls. She rolls naked on the earth, laughing as she rises with leafy debris embedded in her locks. Playfully inappropriate for reaction's sake. Story does not define Elibet. She is an energy shifter and shape changer, singing her wordless songs to the sun, stars, and moon, giving herself permission to shriek and giggle in private pleasure landing in the sweet spots of blessed silence to meet her rightful size. Elibet can be called upon day, night, and in the ethers, needing no audience for validation. Lived wisdom of the heart, body, and spirit are her valued forms of education. She is a bridge, balancing between seen and unseen worlds, inhabiting her body as a loving sanctuary. The pendulum swings in the other direction and I find myself here, sitting with the other mammy in me. The tension of resistance is ever present in my body as I locate the spot mammy resides in today. I fillet myself open, exposing hypertonic muscle due to holding oppression in too tightly. 
Is pain now centered on display for voyeurs? Are these words, spells, branding or liberating me? I can only know what I know until I know better. I take a dose of courage and land on the razor's edge of my vulnerability. My domesticated self is a slave. Another part of me also holds the position of slave master and overseer. This part of me has become driven by self-imposed, inbuilt expectations of physical and emotional labor. What would my mammy slave name be? There is no name. She's a heavy blanket soothing anxiety and applying constant pressure to keep me tucked into dominant culture's acceptable boxes. Lack of safety manifests as appearing energetically contracted, head hung low, body caving in with hurt. This mammy does exactly what she's told, asks for nothing and expects less in return, is overly humble, apologetic, showing little emotion because she's scared to draw attention to herself. She's been shamed and punished into submission, growing to be most comfortable with the uncomfortable. It is impossible to see who Mammy in me really is. The masks of truth, lies, and perception weave their own web to sit within. Black, bold genius is invisible, even to me. Mammy in me wants to shout, whisper, moan, laugh, or cry. But in reality, this mammy is muted. She cannot find a space to thrive. I wonder, where did this narrative come from? Ah, I laid comfortably in the wombs of those who lived as mammy before me. I'm hardwired to suffer in silence, do more, and bear pain in order to survive. The slave master and overseer in me keep the forms of self-oppression securely in place. Somewhere there's a space in between where Mammy in me lives the dance of these two characters, the dance of dissonance, where disruption of oppression can take place. Imagining graceful arms expanding into sovereignty, footwork leading to a self-governing, clear state of being, gaze becoming self-determined, forging her desired path, stature, her true worth and value are known presenting choice and ownership of self, building joy through self-love. This medicine applied to the pain of oppression becomes the healing balm for Mammy's soul. I recognize her. I am more. I am bigger. I am vocalizing my own legacy. Talking about Mammy part three, and you yes. have mentioned how this one was difficult for you to write, the most difficult one, because you were imagining or conceiving Mammy as she is today. And what I have gotten from this, I mean, I'm, I'm, I want to know where did um, 
Elibet come from, the name. Yes, yes. But also there's two, there's, I see two distinct mummies in here. So this piece really is me answering the question, where is mammy in me? Like, where does mammy live inside of me mm-hmm. right now? So that was, that was the, the question. And Elibet is, um, my, my grandfather's mother was born in Dominica. And when I went back to Dominica, I felt like I had a connection to this, this woman. So her, her name actually was Elizabeth, but I call her Elibet. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like she is kind of the, uh, the the other the other notion in this piece was the contrast between kind of wild and domesticated, like you know the parts of myself that I feel I want to live into more are the wild parts of myself, but I feel myself constantly drawn back towards the domesticated part of myself, the the part that is socially acceptable. So um, it was that dance between those, those two places. And it was also a question like, do I start off with the part that is domesticated or do I start off with the part that is more wild? And I chose to start off with the more wild part um, and then go into the more uh, domesticated part of myself, how, how I identify that. And I think part of that being painful is that I, there must I, I still feel like there must be a place where I can I can live in both of those worlds. It doesn't have to be so binary all the time. No. So so I'm kind of like, <clears throat> you know, maybe maybe both of those characters can live together in this one body and coexist and feed and entertain and educate one another encourage one another support one another into this new incarnation of another version of mammy or maybe she's not even called mammy maybe it's another name you know yeah yeah and and it's not that either or it's and yeah exactly yeah Um, yeah they're both present Definitely, definitely. You mentioned in that about fillet. You said fillet yourself, mm-hmm. or, and I and for my I usually say fillet, but and I think, <laughs> but I think that's what I read it was, and also in the idea of I associate that with meat and an yes. object, and then there's also going with that is some medical language in there or terminology um uh-huh. i associate with you know those medical experimentations that have been inflicted upon black yes. and brown bodies in yeah. the name of science so yes. um, i was heavily like feeling yeah. i was feeling this yeah and and it's what the connotations of certain words and verbs that you were using mm-hmm. that was going mm-hmm. up what was in contrast with we're saying about is like the scientific medical side of healing apparently healing um right in comparison to that earthbound being within nature healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes 
So you mentioned earthbound in there for Ellie. Um, um, what does an earthbound mean? I feel like it means a comfort with the earth, Ooh. you know, a, com a comfort and a connectedness to the earth that is, is um, not forced, but just a, a way of being with it. You know, whether it's that you're walking barefoot through the forest or you're laying with your back against a tree or you're just laying on the grass, gazing up at the sky, just a, a, a comfort, you know, not, not this kind of like, ooh, there's bugs or, oh, there's grass in my, you know, like mm -hmm. letting go of all of that stuff because it's, it's all temporary. You know, you can get rid of the grass and the bugs will move. It's not, it's not the end of the world. Right. But just kind of giving yourself the opportunity to commune with the earth um, and, and bind yourself to it and it to you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That commune. I've mm -hmm. used that a number of times. Yeah. Yeah. I always associate commune with something that's, um, I'm not going to, no, it's not religion, it's a spiritual, sacred mm -hmm. sort of um, connection and relationship, communication yeah. there. Um, and I love that. Okay. Um, well, I think it's just one other thing to say about that is I think, I believe that the earth receives us just as we are. <laughs> we don't have, we don't have to be, any other way or to be with the earth or be with nature it, it, it can receive us as we are and accept us as we are so in that it is a potent healer in that fact that we can be embraced and held by the earth yeah in all our glory and flow yes everything yeah <laughs> yeah mammy breathe <sighs> Inhale, exhale. Stop a minute. Take off your apron. Let out a sigh and step over the threshold into your one beautiful bodily home, your black skin. Rest here. Rub those tired feet. Smile with pride, gratitude, and joy. You have endured much for the many. Imagination living in your blood has fed generations with dreams of freedom. All those compassionate gifts showered on others are for you too. Cradle your steady beating heart in those weathered hands while things move and change. Holding on to one another in a fluid cosmic gaze we are one. Magnifying a view of the spirit's future in microscopic detail through the mind's eye. Our eyes meet and souls meld. In your black pupil, a universe of messages flow through intended for all who recognize Mammy in their broken souls. Close your eyes. Breathe. Inhale, exhale. Ritual time begins. Brokenness is witnessed by a willingness to rest. 
permission is granted to step into pain consciousness together. Carefully blowing centuries of festering suffering away with the smoke of ancient scented herbs. Cauterizing open wounds and applying the long-needed sacred balms of compassion and self-love before wrapping burdensome injuries with a spider's web of finest courage. Nurturing tea blends in a pot full of value, self-worth, autonomy and belonging. Tears begin to flow. Joy for life is breaking through a well-built dam for the first time ever. Divinity speaks in to Mammy. Please believe these words. I love you. I love everything about you. I love all of you. I'm so sorry this happened to you. You did nothing to deserve being treated as lesser than. I gift you your own forgiveness for your participation. Dip yourself into its cleansing water, washing away any residual shame. Praise to you for all profits paid forward, assisting to ensure humanity's survival. Thank you for existing. Breathe. Inhale, exhale. The mission ahead is to completely liberate, deconstruct, and integrate Mammy, cutting through thick emotions with crystalline precision. Healing too now belongs. Wrapped in meditative word spells, projecting us into other dimensions, finally there's space for sweet relief. Delicately, past Mami, is laid to rest in the strong, loving arms of a mountain range. Could healing be this simple? Mammy can never be forgotten. Mammy is accepted, seen, heard, and released from all existing binding contracts. Jump up now. Shout out. Celebrate. Ay, caramba. They are free. Fly free. Be free. Thank you, Velda. That was the part four of the Mammy series. And um, you have a disclaimer at this point where you say, up until now, Mammy has been gendered as a woman. Um, and then into part four, what we've just heard, you're moving into gender fluidity so that all bodies can find an aspect of the mummy within. And I noticed that there's a different tone within this piece. 
um, almost as if it's a commanding. Um, you're given directions, a directive um, when you're saying inhale, exhale, and you're giving, giving the listener or the reader permission to love themselves. Why is the shift in the tone and that gender? What are you trying to do with that shift? Is this linked in with that gender fluidity? Yeah, I I feel like what happened was I was suddenly struck by the fact that maybe Mammy is within everybody, not just within female bodies. So so I wanted to not assume that that would be the case and to also uh, maybe allow other people into the experience of this archetype. And recognize that it may be more complex and varied than even I imagine. Mm. So that was um, the reason for kind of making that statement and also really feeling like the making of that statement, to me, also suggests another kind of freedom. Mm, Yeah. And this, this, this section really finishes on that high that high and that rejoicing the simple words that you use at the end they are free fly free be free um Uh how you actually shout them out proclaim them at the Uh end so much hope and and joy there in this freedom's possible and it seems to be that freedom's possible from, you know, reading these pieces. This freedom is possible through getting back to your bodily home, falling in love with yourself and, <laughs> and maybe um, doing that within nature because we've got it going back to laying that mummy to rest at that mm. mountain and in that mountain range, in the arms of a mm. mountain range. And could yeah. the healing be this simple? And that's the question that you yeah. ask. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the other part that I think could be added to that is that I, the one thing that I really feel is that, you know, my liberation is connected to your ocean and everybody else's liberation. So as long as, as it's like, we have to all do it together, but we also have to all recognize that we're connected to one another in doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not really about white or black. It's about human. Yeah. You know, white people are also, um, you know, white bodied people are also faced with their own constraints. Mm -hmm. So, so I think it's, you know, it's like, how do we get free as human beings? It's, it's a cosmic question, right? It's, I don't, it's a, it would be a different answer every day for every person. But I think that, you know, every inch that we make individually towards it, connecting to another person and helping them see it, it's just exponentially going to expand. Yeah. And then we all will, maybe not even in my lifetime, you know, maybe way in the future, I don't even know, you know? Mm-hmm we'll be able to let go of this kind of dominant arrogance and just feel connected and free. Yeah. yeah. And wild, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, you're right in your saying white bodies have also got bodily constraints, but they're mm-hmm. also 
carrying trauma as well. You know, we've exactly. talked about those enslaved black bodies. That yeah. was a traumatic experience for us, but there's also the trauma that the overseer or the plantation owner would have gone through for being part of that system also. It's only now certain people are acknowledging that or recognizing that they're part of that traumatic experience as well. They might have been the masters, they might have had power, but there, there is that saying power corrupts. And what has that done to their souls and their disconnection exactly. their bodies? And, and then also kind of thinking about, you know, communities of people that, that witnessed, you know, hateful things and how that impacts a person to witness something hateful. To heal from that is really hard. It's not like having a cut that heals. It's like, it's like the wounds that are unseen, you know, nobody can see those wounds and they're very hard to heal. Yeah. yeah. But as you said, healing too now belongs. Right, right. Yeah. yeah we, it's a choice and we invite it in. Yeah. We do yeah. We invite it in and we also fight it while it is coming in. And we, <laughs> <laughs> well, because we have to recognize that sometimes healing can be painful. Yeah. to begin with right i feel like 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 i was thinking about this the other day that right now i feel like we've been through like if you think about the last year to me it was like symbolic of a certain type of deconstruction a kind of like a death process things kind of fell apart and opened up to expose this kind of ugliness mm-hmm. in in human beings the racism the bigotry that all these things that kind of came out and and i think that we're not yet in a place where we're able to reconstruct we have to kind of like not be in denial about that um ugliness mm-hmm. and we have to kind of maybe tease it apart and and understand it a little bit before we may even know what reconstruction really looks like mm-hmm. yeah um to move forward yeah yeah, yeah. And, and that goes back to what we're saying you know it we need to do the work yes we need to do, the work. <laughs> that, that we need to do yeah we need to do the work but we also need to be self-loving forgiving of ourselves you know like we need to be in acceptance of where we're at when we start the work Mm. and not be kind of um judgmental of ourselves not causing self-harm yeah you know we need to be like okay you know yeah this is this is the situation and it's hard and it's ugly but there also is possibility here And, and when i think about you know um black people I think to myself like you know look at the the way that black people and black culture has flourished regardless of what happened to them in the past Mm -hmm. or maybe even because of what happened to them in the past right Mm -hmm. it's kind of like those wounds became this this emotional creativity that is so captivating and beautiful that people cannot help but notice it Yeah. So I think, you know, we have to be like, we, we do need to be uplifting creatives and just like really celebrating any, any little minor achievement, you know, mm-hmm. not competing with one another, just being like, yeah, you know, 
do it, do it because we're all different and it's all going to be beautiful and wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that takes us back right to the beginning when we're saying the launch of blended here Um, Mm -hmm. and how I was saying the, the celebration is now stuff what anyone else is going to be doing if they're reading it or not. It's a case of like you brought this into existence through your personal process of going through trauma and healing. And, you know, so there we have to rejoice, rejoice. And just one more thing that I want to, I want to pick about up about. It's something that has been reoccurring within conversations that I've had a lot of different conversations that I've had recently with black women and Mm. it's the concept of ritual in in this last piece you you say ritual um you begin like inviting it in or begin as a concept and a practice and what does what does ritual mean then for you on a personal level or even as as a supportive system that we might have in place for our healing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good question. I mean, I think that um, black and brown people need spaces for themselves to be together in mm-hmm. that are agenda free and kind of like just, um, I think it's important to just be with one another and learn to feel comfortable with one another. And then ritual can come out of that. So whether it's that, ritual is sitting in silence with one another or invoking some words a a blessing or I'm really fond myself of pelvic steaming so um, I kind of do that for myself maybe once a week Um, I I love to sit there's something about you know being around the salt water like a, a baptismal kind of dip and just kind of uh, inviting the water to cleanse and take things away. I, I think the elements for me are, are strong, you know, like mm. using fire, water, air, a, a good walk on a windy day. Um, even, you know, lately I've been thinking about the ritual of cooking and how, how what energy am I putting into this food to nurture myself right now? What kind of things am I doing when I wake up in the morning? Am I full of gratitude or am I full of urgency for the day ahead? You know, or, you know, when I, when I go to sleep at night, you know, what kind of dreams am I calling upon to teach me in my unconscious state? You know? Yeah. I think there's so many ways ritual can go, but the main thing I believe right now is that, you know, black and brown bodies need to be together and they need to be free of colonized ideals mm-hmm. and just find, find our own original way into ritual by, f- by feeling into what feels right in the moment and not being afraid to do it, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking, and, and it's probably because I've been putting that just that term ritual on a pedestal and Mm -hmm. um, not bringing it, not thinking about it or feeling about it within my day to day. 
So when you're saying these these examples or what you mm-hmm. do, it's like mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm doing that already then. I have rituals in the morning. It's like, okay, I don't, I don't wake up with the alarm. I wake up with my body or the light. Yes, and, then, exactly. and then I like to read in bed maybe before I actually step out. And it's something that um, yeah. bring me joy and gratitude at that moment. And then yes. so I meet my day that, so I have rituals, just what you were saying about going to the, going to the sea. That's mm-hmm. one of mine. Yeah. Rituals so I'm so I'm so pleased that that's been yes or even buying flowers I like to you know Mm -hmm. buy yourself a bouquet of flowers just Mm -hmm. you know give yourself beauty adorn yourself you know just yeah Yeah. whatever it is you know whatever it is that brings you pleasure and joy Velda I would just like to say that I've had I've experienced a lot of pleasure and joy in this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Me too. Me too. I hope that, you know, the content is not too heavy, that it can also kind of like, I always feel like, you know, where there's gravity, there's levity. So, you know, sometimes by kind of going into those deeper places, we come out brighter. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I am totally inspired by what you have created here um and as I say you need to celebrate this this creation but at the same time I'm so honored and pleased that you have chosen to share it with the world yeah I can't wait to get a copy in your hands then oh my gosh yeah (laughs) so so that is blended perspectives on belonging Felder, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, you so much, my love. Sharing deeply and so beautifully. Thank you. Mm-hmm.